chapter fifteen of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain put to the question help arrived upon the scene in time to prevent the earl from carrying out his design in its entirety but too late to stop him from doing himself serious mischief indeed the physician who dealt in platitudes was so far removed to bluntness as to declare that he had probably done himself more injury than he had received from the weapon for this madeline was made to feel by their bearing glances and innuendos that she again was held responsible mrs singleton put it plainly in the midst of the first confusion she drew the girl aside you'd better go now while there still is time madeline looked at her askance i don't understand you this irate viperish old lady was quite a different being from the sweet-faced soft-spoken person madeline had hitherto known she began sotto voce to abuse the girl with the volubility of a fish-wife you wicked creature to keep on pretending in such a way first you try to kill him then you try to make him kill himself him the best and kindest gentleman that ever lived whose shoes you're not fit to wipe hanging would be too good for you and it's hung you'll be if you don't take care if it wasn't that i'm to blame for giving you an opportunity to show what a dreadful wretch you really are i'd denounce you on the spot but as it is i'll give you a chance to save your skin so take to your heels while yet you may and take yourself outside the house i wish to heaven you'd never darkened its doors is it possible that you are under the impression that it was i who attacked the earl of staines mrs singleton held out her hands with what was meant for eloquent protest hark at her to listen and to look at her one would think that she was the best and greatest lady in the land instead of being what she is it's no wonder she's imposed on every soul in the house it's my belief she'd impose upon an angel the old lady's vituperation acted on madeline like a cold douche drawing herself upright she resumed her natural dignity of bearing confronting her assailant with a quiet self-assertion and conscious rectitude which took the other aback not for the first time mrs singleton we misunderstand each other you brought me here to play the part of an unwilling puppet because it was your whim since i was so weak and foolish as to allow myself to fill the part which you propose you imagine that there is no depth to which i cannot sink that i can first stoop to murder and then be willing to snatch at a chance to run away as you put it to save my skin in at least the latter supposition i will prove that you are wrong there was a time when i was willing enough to go then you wouldn't let me now i am unwilling with or without your approbation i propose to stay in order to show you that i am not the kind of person you apparently imagine me to be she walked into the other room with her head in the air leaving mrs singleton to stare after her open-eyed later there was held a sort of informal court of inquiry there was present the dowager countess who on being informed of what had chanced to her grandson had insisted on straightway going to see him 
demanding of him point-blank who was responsible for placing him where he was on this point the earl with perfect courtesy declined to give her any enlightenment whereat the old lady turned raging on all about her and now sat bent double in an armchair her chin between the two sticks on which she had propped her hands all agog to learn the why and wherefore of his lordship's indisposition by her stood the lady hildegard her eyes flashing behind her spectacles like two live notes of interrogation at one side sometimes sat but oftener stood mr reginald fanshawe he conducted the examination-in-chief assuming the whole management of the case and endeavouring as it were to turn darkness into light with him was a tall slightly built gentleman who had an air of such excessive youth as to cause one to begin by suspecting its authenticity and end by believing him to be at least the co-equal in years of any person present not even excepting the dowager mrs singleton hovered somewhere in the rear and now and then mr singleton made his presence rather felt than seen before them all stood madeline the one person on whom all eyes were fixed reginald addressing her with that sort of jocularity which is felt to be and is meant to be insolence in its most insidious form my dear cousin we are actuated by two desires one is to avoid scandal and the other is to have some notion of whereabouts we are staines declines to give us any information so we are obliged to come to you we know that you can tell us all about it and we are quite sure you will i in particular am sure allow me to introduce to you mr augustus champnell a very old friend of mine the excessively young-looking gentleman with about him the indescribable suggestion of age bowed madeline treated him to a frigid movement of her head which scarcely amounted to a nod he is a gentleman in whom you can place perfect confidence and used to bear a part in delicate affairs i ventured to ask him to favour us with his company on this occasion in the assurance that he will act as the friend of all the parties now to begin i believe that you were present when staines met with his accident madeline was silent while they waited for her answer she was standing her right foot a little advanced her arms hanging straight down at her sides her head held a little back perfectly self-possessed in front of the battery of their glances her cheeks were a little white her lips were compressed there was a slight distension of the pupils of her beautiful eyes these were the only signs of mental disturbance she betrayed she did not look at mr fanshawe while he was speaking but when he ceased she turned to him with something in her expression which was more than a trifle contemptuous her voice was low and clear at present i can give you no information my dear cousin at present what are we to understand by that my meaning is quite clear but how long is your at present likely to continue when will you be willing to give us the information we require very soon it may not be necessary for me to give it you at all you will probably be able to learn all you wish to know from other sources you are enigmatic but in the meantime you can have no possible objection to telling us whether you were present when the accident occurred i decline to tell you anything at all don't you see that by your refusal you are placing yourself in a very invidious position that you are compelling us to draw conclusions which are hardly to your advantage i am indifferent to any conclusions you may draw her emphasis on you 
was pointed that is very good of you my dear cousin the meaning of the stress which in his turn he laid on cousin she understood perfectly well still i fancy you scarcely realize the serious position in which you may be placing yourself and people have accidents with daggers the law is apt to have a disagreeable knack of asking questions to which it is well to be prepared with answers her lip curled i am not a child my dear cousin that is the last thing of which we should dream of accusing you it is because we know you to be so fully equipped with all the discretion of age that we make our appeal with so much confidence the dowager's grating tones interposed she had kept her gleaming eyes fixed on the girl unblinkingly look at me girl madeline turned towards her they faced each other youth and age did you stab him i did not the answer came direct and instant producing an evident sensation as though each one who heard it had been taken by surprise did he stab himself he did not again the reply was prompt then who stabbed him this time there was a momentary pause not apparently so much of hesitation as for consideration that i decline to tell you do you mean that you can't or won't i won't the refusal though blunt enough was not by any means uttered with an air of defiance it was spoken unfalteringly rather as if the speaker had arrived without fear or favour at a final resolution after due consideration the dowager continued to eye her for a second or two then turned to mrs singleton who was hovering about in a conspicuous state of fidgets singleton who stabbed him plainly taken aback by this sudden address mrs singleton's fidgets perceptibly increased she rubbed her hands feverishly together she shuffled from foot to foot my lady i can't tell you do you mean that you can't or you won't i'll have no nonsense with you answer me my lady i don't know what do you know my lady i know nothing don't lie to me my lady is quite true singleton was in the room before i was singleton where's singleton singleton was in the background and now came to the front not looking by any means at his ease singleton who stabbed the earl my lady all i know about the matter is that i heard there was an obvious pause then he committed himself miss maud calling for help and when i got to her she was standing at the door and his lordship was on the ground was any one else in the room i saw no one did any one pass you as you went to it no my lady did any one leave it after you were in not to my knowledge what did miss maud say when you reached her singleton reflected i believe she said the earl as if she was frightened i went into the room and i saw what had happened and i asked her who had done it then what did she say she said nothing she made no reply is that all you know yes that is all i know i don't believe you don't flatter yourself i do i believe you and your wife could tell us more if it suited you you've made a practice of deceiving me for years i'm quite aware of it i may have something to say to you later now leave the room the pair of you they left the room with a crestfallen air singleton tried to bear himself bravely and he succeeded better than his wife but still looked very far from happy when they were gone the dowager returned to madeline come here girl the girl went close up to the old lady's armchair 
looking down at the hawk-like eyes which gleamed up at hers with an air which if a little troubled was still fearless and even a trifle scornful answer me again and think before you speak did you stab stains i did not you swear it i say that i did not if you will not believe my plain assertion you are hardly likely to do so merely because i supplement it with an oath that's true enough the old lady seemed to be turning something over in her mind was it an accident were you two engaged in some tomfoolery or other and was it done between you is that the explanation of what you're trying to turn into a mystery madeline reflected in her turn i cannot tell you then in heaven's name what can you tell me what can any one tell me here's stains tongue-tied and you'll say nothing is murder to be nearly done and are you to keep it to yourselves come girl be honest i've come to feel for you all at once what i have thought that i should never feel when one has had no feelings all one's life at my age they're not apt to grow into sudden being but something seems to have come into your face to have come all over you which has moved me with a new sensation with a desire to be on terms with you so tell me plainly like an honest woman did you try to kill him frankness will be better for you in the end he's not going to die so you need have no fear of what will follow i have no fear so far from trying to kill him i would have given my life for his and would do so now either you lie like truth or your truth is very like a lie here are you two in a room alone together he is stabbed you say you did not do it nor he how then came the thing about madeline was silent this sudden fondness which you feigned for him is suspicious after the way you've used him all these years again madeline was silent did you quarrel no do you still pretend you care for him i love him though the girl's face and neck were crimson there was nothing about her bearing which suggested that she was in any way ashamed indeed as she withstood the hot fire of the old woman's shrewd questioning she seemed to carry herself with an added pride you love him since when since yesterday it's a sudden growth yes it is a sudden growth and will die as suddenly it will not die think her you have blown cold and now blow hot yet you dare say that i shall not change but you have changed madeline was silent the dowager was also still seeming to be endeavouring to read with her unblinking eyes the girl's face as if it were a printed page you're a lovely jade whatever else you are and in some queer way the devil looks as if it had gone out of you and the soul of goodness come instead or my eyes are playing me a trick for the first time since i've had them well a girl's a weathercock and it's all the better if the wind has blown you round towards loving him though you need not try to kill him to show your love madeline held her peace which did not content the dowager why did you try to kill him i did not tell that for a tale you've lied to me too often for me not to know it's not a trifle that would choke you however if stains is content and it seems by his talk as if he were it's your affair and his and there's many a marriage has had quite as queer an introduction as the lady sticking a knife into the gentleman mr fanshawe who had been listening with a smile of almost too obvious amusement to the dialogue between the old woman and the young one now moved a step forward caressing his moustache as he spoke permit me for one moment to make a suggestion i think it is just possible that i have hit upon the key to the mystery 
his grandmother did not receive his interpolation with any show of geniality it's no affair of yours that i know of though it would be against nature to expect you to keep your fingers out of other people's pies he assumed an appearance of pain no affair of mine when my brother lies suffering from a felon blow the old lady stared at him in silence for a second then uttered an exclamation expressive of profound contempt do you think to take me in with such talk as that you to pray to felon blows and your brother why man if you are a man which sometimes i misdoubt you've spent your life in striking felon blows and most of them against your brother the only thing for which you are grieving is that he isn't dead instead of being all the better for a little letting of blood mr fanshawe placed himself in an attitude which he possibly intended to be expressive of injured innocence it is not the first time i have been misjudged i fear it may not be the last but no amount of injustice will cause me to deviate from what i believe to be my duty and my duty constrains me to say that i quite believe that this lady had no hand in placing stains in the condition in which he is what do you mean by that the gentleman addressed himself to madeline with a courteous inclination of his head shall i explain or will you the girl met his mocking glances with unflinching eyes i am indifferent to what you do or say you are at least a lady of infinite courage and you are a man of none of a calibre so unusual that against my better judgment almost you have me on your side the fates forfend that the almost ever may be quite he went closer to her speaking hurriedly beneath his breath which is it to be say quickly friends or foes she stretched out her arm as if to ward him from her foes foes always foes he bowed mockingly good the cast is against you of your throwing not mine the dowager ruthlessly interposed what is all this rubbish talk between you two come man out with what you have to say as straight as your crooked tongue will let you my dear grandmother you always pay me compliments one more or less makes little odds speak man speak or follow singleton a little of you soon tires the fashion in which the gentleman kept his countenance under what some might have felt to be trying circumstances did him credit he pointed the old woman's plain language with another bow i merely wish to observe that your ladyship has been made the victim of as ingenious and also as impudent a conspiracy as ever yet i heard of who is at the bottom of it i don't as yet quite fathom though i have my suspicions i never knew you when you hadn't and i have mine of you it is very good of you to say so but that at this moment is not the point it is with me will your ladyship permit me to explain explain man explain you keep on explaining and never reach the explanation with your permission i will reach it now this lady mr champnell suddenly advanced excuse me fanshawe but were i you i would allow the lady to be her own spokeswoman you have heard me offer her the opportunity which she refused i will give her the choice again he turned to madeline will you speak or shall i at your bidding i will not say one word it is not a question of my bidding one of us must speak the question is whether it shall be you or i that is not the question you must understand that i know you and i know you you mistake i am not sufficiently contemptible to come within your ken at least you are more than sufficiently brazen-faced the girl quivered she bit her lip mr champnell put his hand on the speaker's shoulder come fanshawe you must not speak like that 
i think that after all it may be you who are mistaken there are one or two things of which i should like to speak to you if you can spare a minute if you will give the lady time for consideration unless i am in error she will herself say all that is requisite and say it better than you could i have given her time enough already and more than enough give her a little more come fanshawe he slipped his arm through reginald's with an airy certainty of manner as if the matter was signed sealed and settled mr fanshawe turned on him with a sort of snarl champ now he looked and sounded as if he would have liked to say more of a forcible kind but perhaps something which he saw in his friend's eyes they were at such close quarters they could not but see each other very clearly induced him to change his mind a perceptible alteration did take place in his demeanour he assumed a sudden air of entire acquiescence come said mr champnell and without another word the two gentlemen went mr champnell holding the door open to allow his friend to pass out so soon as their backs were turned the dowager with a curiously mirthless grin looked at the girl who still was standing in front of her well young woman what's the meaning of the little comedy what is the mystery that's in the air which is the thread that unravels this skein madeline was silent she did not seem to have recovered from the home thrust which reginald had dealt her lips kept quivering and her eyes were dim which things the keen-sighted old woman noted what ails you girl that all at once you're puling those who use their claws must look for scratches that's a kind of game at which a woman is likely to be worsted play she never so shrewdly i know it well there was a new note of bitterness in madeline's voice the dowager continued to concentrate her gaze on her the uncannily gleaming eyes seeming as if they would pierce her through it was some moments before she spoke again you've changed my lass more than a snake that's new cast its skin it's queer as our dear reginald says there's a mystery in the air of which if i were you i'd be rid as quickly as you can i will i do mysteries another game at which in the end a woman seldom scores be off and when i see you again let there be a clearance of the air i'm too old to be able to breathe at my ease in fogs madeline thus unceremoniously dismissed went away feeling much like a dog might feel which carries its tail between its legs she was conscious of a sense of humiliation which stung she was aware that she was suspected by some of an attempt upon the earl's life and by others was known to be guilty of something which she realized might be easily held to be worse never in her most sordid moments of privation and of poverty had she conceived it possible that she could have sunk to such a depth as this wherever she looked she saw herself confronted by exposure punishment shame a threatening brand of infamy which should so mark her that all who ran might read and which nothing could erase as a fitting crown and climax the man she loved loved god help her that such as she should dare to love the man she loved was fully persuaded that it was her hand which had endeavoured to take away his life and was being watched and guarded lest in the fullness of his persuasion he did his best to end what he supposed her to have left unfinished what thoughts he must be thinking of her as he lay there brought so suddenly and so foully low by the woman as he conceived who in the same instant had been breathing to him vows of love she writhed with shame and agony at the mere contemplation of the picture conjured up by her own imagination oppressed by such reflections she entered the room on the other side of which he lay 
and in which so much and such fateful history had been made in so short a time scarcely had she crossed the threshold and was looking about her with dull pain-worn eyes than the wall on the opposite side seemed to start clean open and out of its very thickness as it appeared someone sprang it was maud dorincourt End of chapter 15